Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And that's out number three for LSU in the bottom of the eighth inning. But they get that insurance run for Fontenot. He'll try to close it out top of the ninth inning. Again, thanks to Chris Blair and the LSU Sports Radio Network doing live listen-ins during our show throughout the season and games that we don't carry here on WWL. We are your home for LSU baseball. Big series this week against Texas A&M who leads the SEC West by a half game. First game Friday, pregame 6.30, first pitch 7 o'clock. Because of the NCAA Men's Tournament Final Four, second game Saturday will be on our sister station, Hot 92.9. Pregame, same time, 6.30, first pitch 7. Sunday's game 3, it's going to be back here on the big stick. Pregame 1.30, first pitch 2 on WWL 105.3 FM and the Big 870 WWL. AM. NFL win totals were released uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, and there weren't a lot of surprises here. And I'm told you stay away, and we'll talk to Ralph Michaels on Vegas of this, and I'm sure he'll echo my sentiments here. Stay away from betting these over under win totals. These are sucker bets, period. And Vegas will tell you, and Ralph will tell you, that fans almost always take the over on the home team. And just for an example of this and how Vegas sees this, there are 24 uh, there are teams with a total of 24 games above 500 and you only have teams with a total of 21 games below 500. So the math doesn't even add up there. Remember there's an equal amount of games. It's a, a net zero, a sum zero game here. It doesn't add up if you're actually playing football. So Vegas sees this and they inflate these win totals a little bit. Saints 10 and a half. I really like that line. Another reason why I wouldn't bet the Saints here is because I think that line's about spot on. But we don't even know what's going to happen in the draft or any more free agent signings or any anything in the trade market. Patriots, of course, lead as they usually do the win totals. 11, Chiefs, Saints, Rams at 10 and a half, Chargers at 10. That's the only teams in double digits. Now, if you don't want to follow my advice and you want to you know, head across the border or go online or maybe you're heading to Vegas, you want to place a bet on a team here, there are a couple of plays that I see that would make a lot of sense to me. Number one, Washington. They have an over-under of six is the win total yes i know they got quarterback uh, question marks after alex smith's injury but this is a team under jay gruden that almost always is competitive and right around 500 they've been seven and nine the last two years even with all the injuries and dysfunction they were eight seven and one the year before that getting just six for washington seems like a ton of value the other one here that surprised me a little bit to a lot just because of the history of this team under Pete Carroll is the Seahawks. Seahawks are eight and a half. It has been 
seven years, I think eight years now, since Seattle has won less than nine games. Last three years, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, and 10, 5 and 1. They have almost everybody back off the team last year that made the playoffs and won 10 games. They, of course, got Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That seems like a lot of value there at eight and a half. So that would be my advice. Um, don't bet anybody right now near the top of the league. It's just tough, including the Saints. I'm not going to make any predictions on the Saints' win total until I see what they do in the draft. Again, any other free agent signings, who they trade for, but that's right about spot on where I would see them. Same with the Rams. Lots of turnover on that roster. They loaded up on veterans once again in free agency, high-priced veterans. We'll see if they can eclipse that 10.5 win total mark. We know the Chargers, they're completely dysfunctional. Uh, Patriots, you can never set that line high enough, I suppose. You're still not going to get people to bet New England under 11 even with Gronk retiring and aging Brady. Uh, Tim Zimmer, you are the uh, crazy parlay gambler extraordinaire here. We're both gamblers. You're the crazy parlay gambler extraordinaire, and you're probably a guy who, and I think we actually talked about this and you aren't, but I feel like you're somebody who would be betting on these. Is that right? I do not bet on futures on NFL just because, like, like you said, you might as well just bet them throughout the season and make money on them. There's one that kind of sticks out. I do like the Detroit Lions over six wins just because – I mean, with Matt Stafford there and Kerryon Johnson, I just feel like there are seven and nine footballs. You got you see uh, Detroit at six. Yeah, if I if I saw Detroit at six, it'd be good. I saw him at I, seven. Oh, I have him at six right here. But oh, uh, yeah, but see, the Detroit you got a little. I agree with that. If I'm getting Detroit at six, and I don't want to follow my own advice again, Detroit, Washington, two teams that you know they're always mediocre, not great, but typically not terrible either. Detroit's last few seasons, nine and seven, nine and seven, six and ten. So they got to win less than six games. You're getting six there. There you go. We'll talk to Ralph Michaels about this when we come back. He's going to join us from out in Las Vegas at wagertalk.com as we break here on the last lap. Another win in the books for LSU. They just wrapped up a two nothing shutout against South Alabama. First back to back shutouts for the Tigers since February of 2017. So. All you midweek naysayers out there, pulmonary naysayers, where are you at now? You're going to be pretty quiet, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, they get Texas A&M this weekend. Those three games will be here on this station or on our sister station, Hot 92.9, starting on Friday evening. Now, Final Four also this weekend. It's one of the reasons why. We're going to be carrying that game on Saturday, so LSU baseball not on this station. We'll have Final Four action and, you know, big college basketball buffs here. And, of course, Ralph Michaels is to out in Vegas, our handicapper at wagertalk.com, at CalSportsLV in Vegas. And and we'll, we'll talk uh, college basketball in just a second, uh, Ralph. But, yeah, the madness ensued this past weekend, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, we thought we were going to get some very good close games with this being a chalky tournament. And, you know, Cinderella didn't dance. Uh, and for me, I was very happy with that. I was happy to get the Blue Bloods into this tournament to see what would happen. And uh, we saw some monster games last week and looking forward to a few good ones this week. Yep, and we will talk about those in a minute. Let's talk uh, NFL over under win totals, though, because we were talking about that last segment, Ralph. And I know we talked about this before, and I've been cautioning my audience, stay away from betting these, right? These are sucker lines and sucker bets right now. Well, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't mind them once I put my work in. They come out earlier this year than they ever have. And there's a lot of things in the NFL where you can occasionally find some value. 
because of public overreaction. And now I don't like Super Bowl. I don't like Super Bowl futures because they are so slanted towards the book making a profit. But if you're finding a situation where you're betting either over or under and all you're doing is paying the juice, then I don't mind that because you can find value. The only negatives is your money is going to be held by the casino for a period of time. But again, there's certain situations, and I haven't finished my complete NFL work to say which teams I really like or dislike, but there are times you can find very significant value and have very specific success in these. Uh, and just, and I know you haven't finished, so you, I feel free to just say, I don't know. It's fine. Uh, two that stood out to me, I said if I was going to make a bet, was Washington six wins uh, at Jay Gruden, who's typically seven wins plus. In fact, I think the last four years he has been. And then Seattle at eight wins when they haven't won fewer than nine games in eight seasons under Pete Carroll. Those two stood out to me as uh, maybe value plays here. Yeah, well, I can understand the Washington side, although, you know, you're playing in one of the most competitive divisions, and I think they clearly are the worst team in that division. Seattle, I completely agree with, and, you know, people ask me a lot about the Browns, and yes, Odell Beckham to Cleveland has has uh, made being a Cleveland Browns fan chic for the first time in as long as I can remember, but, you know, the one thing I would say about the Browns is this, until you've proven you could done it, it's very difficult to go from a winless team to a nine-win team and the favorite in your division in just two years. So, to me, you know, the Browns are the favorite to win the NFC AFC North at six at six to five. I wouldn't bet on them. And even the nine wins, even the where they got last year, and they're going to be a better team. You're now playing a much more difficult schedule. And you have a bullseye on your back from all these teams that used to think, oh, it's only the Browns. And now all of a sudden, it's the AFC North favorite going in. You know, for for those that don't know, you know, for the NFC South, New New Orleans is 10.5, Atlanta 8.5, Carolina is 8, and the over-under win total on Tampa Bay is 6.5. It's Ralph Michaels out in Vegas, handicapper for wagertalk.com and at CalSportsLV on Twitter. Follow him there. All right, let's get to the meat and potatoes of our conversation. That's the NCAA tournament. We'll look back before we look forward here. As much as it pained me, and you know this, Ralph, and it pained you too, and Tim, you guys both had uh, you know a little money on, on Gonzaga there. It pains me that Gonzaga's out, but everybody who's been consoling me, I said, you know, I'm not that upset that's – it's why what makes this tournament so special, right? It's it's the madness, it's the unexpected, and it's why this is maybe one of the toughest tournaments in the world to win. Yeah, and you know what? I love defense, and you see what the Red Raiders have done. I mean, you are an elite defense when you are the number one efficiency D in the country. And, you know, something I've said about the Red Raiders this year that people don't realize, well, Being number two is quantifiable. You're better than three. You're less than one. Being five is quantifiable. Being every number except the first and the last is quantifiable. I think Texas Tech is so good that there might be four more teams where they were like a negative three or a four or several slots better than the number two defense this year, the way they can play uh, that that man-to-man or they slump into the zone. I think it makes them very, very unique and you know, uh, out here in UNLV, all we keep hearing about is Chris Beard, I think, signed here for one day before he went to jump to Texas Tech. Uh, what could have been, but 
uh, I don't think he'll be at Texas Tech very much longer anyway. No, no doubt about it. Chris Beard, what a story. Texas Tech, what a story. Were you surprised at all with Duke's struggles throughout the tournament? You know, after I watched the first game, Ralph, I was telling everybody, uh, they're not going to make the Final Four. That was after game one. I said, there's no way this team is going to make the Final Four, and lo and behold, they didn't. Yeah, I, I bet a prop that they would not win the tournament. And, you know, uh, that prop was only minus 250, and, and you got every other team. Uh, we, we said all along, Duke is going to struggle against outside shooting teams. And, you know, you saw with UCF, yes, you know, no no team has a seven foot six center like Taco Fall. But a Virginia Tech, a team they were familiar with, they struggled and got a two-point win. And Michigan State, and people say, well, you know, you're playing you're playing those elite defenses, and they're going to find a way to shut off the middle. Yes, Zion can do what Zion does, but without anyone making threes with Barish and, and Reddit and, and Jones not having that three game you expect, no surprise at all to me. Now, a f- full disclosure, you know, I only fill out one bracket, and I, I, I put that bracket in anywhere. I picked Duke just because – you match them up, and they're the favorite. But watching the tournament go on after I filled out my bracket, no surprise at all they got knocked out. Yeah, me either. I'll, I'll tell you my sob story I've been telling our audience this week. For the first time in my life, I'm, I'm with you, Ralph. I'm a, a sheets of integrity guy. Tim is not. Tim fills out 94 brackets on different sides. I fill out one. I, I put them everywhere. I fill out one. First time in my life, I had a perfect sweet 16. And I have zero teams remaining in my Final Four, Ralph. I don't know what the odds on that would be. Perfect Sweet 16, none in the Final Four. Uh, console me, please. Have you had that happen before? Well, you know, I I run a little bracket for our little local bar, and I'm looking right now. Uh, there was – we had no one. I only have 50 people in this, but only one person had a – perfect sweet 16 everyone else had north carolina winning it um and out of that now you know even in the final four uh only one of my 40 even has two teams in it with michigan state and texas tech so uh i think you're in the uh, majority that many people had most of their Sweet 16, and very few have the Elite Eight. <laughs> Indeed. Or so, the Final Four, let alone that. Yeah. yeah, our little office pool here, I think only like three out of the, the 30 in, the, in our office pool here had two-plus teams uh, in the Final Four. Certainly not me. I wasn't one of them. It's Ralph Michaels, our handicapper at wagertalk.com, talking a little Final Four. Start with those Red Raiders. Texas Tech, Michigan State, Ralph, and Michigan State two-and-a-half-point favorites on Saturday. Well, you know, here's a couple angles for our listeners that like trends and angles. Uh, Coach Izzo, of course, you know, well-respected, has been there and done that. In the NCAA tournament, when Izzo's Michigan State Spartans are coming off a straight-up ATS, a straight-up and ATS win, meaning they won and covered their last game, they're now 22-0 and straight-up, 16-4-2 and against the spread. And uh, sort of a bizarre angle Teams that are in the Final Four that lost straight up in the first round of the conference tournament are 0-9 AT, ATS in the Final Four action. So, you know, perhaps a few extra games getting teams under the belt versus a team that was rested and, and now has to play some tight games that they may not be accustomed to. I mean, Texas Tech is the one, is the only team here that hasn't had a scare 
blowing through northern Kentucky and Buffalo and Michigan and the Zags. And the other side of the bracket, of course, is Auburn, Virginia. We're up against the clock, Ralph. Can I hold you for about uh, 90 seconds? I, I want to give your full thoughts here. Is that okay? Absolutely. You know, I think Auburn uh, Auburn is a team that uh, I think has the depth, obviously. You're playing 11 guys against Virginia, six guys. In Virginia's last two games where they played 85 game minutes, including the overtime, the seventh person on in the team only played six minutes. That means you're playing six guys. This is a game I'll look to live bet. If Virginia gets a couple guys, including guy in foul trouble early, I think they're in trouble and they're going to get beat. I will live bet them. If they get through the first half unscathed, Auburn now is 2-15 and 15 against the spread. When they score 71 points or less, I think Virginia controls the tempo. All right, 60 seconds. We'll wrap it up here with Ralph Michaels talking Final Four up in Minneapolis this weekend. Our conversation with Ralph Michaels, handicapper at wagertalk.com, continues about the Final Four. I'm curious here, Ralph, do you give or take points away when, when you're setting your own lines here in the Final Four with coaches, coaches who've been there before, coaches who have not been there before, of, coach, uh, of course, Tom Izzo, the only coach who has made a Final Four among the four who were there? Well, you know, I think that's one of those things that is almost a hearsay thing and people think it makes – very good sense, so understandably so. But, uh, you know, the past 13 coaches that have been new to the Final Four have gone 9-3-1 and one against the spread. They've covered 75% of those plays. A couple years ago, it was Loyola Chicago. They got to the Final Four. They only lost by a point plus a few points. So, you know, I think the coaching now has changed where we have many more uh, – elite coaches getting to this level uh, you've gone through a more rigorous type schedule many new coaches are playing these tournaments in in the beginning of the season which makes them a little more battle tested and you've been through four games and you've been through a couple weekend breaks so that was a number that even surprised me with new final four head coaches going nine three and one ats how'd you enjoy this uh college basketball season uh ralph was it is fun throughout was it surprising at all you know i to me you know to me in the long haul it it played out at you know as i thought i've done it's no surprise that uh you know of the last 12 tournaments of the last 12 national champions all but you kind of been top 15 ken palm offense and defense and, you know, that's the case if Michigan State or Virginia win it. That won't be the case if Texas Tech or Auburn wins it. Uh, I was certainly happy to see the improvement in the SEC from top to bottom. I mean, I remember just a few years ago how it was Kentucky and everyone else, and, and the SEC was getting looked upon like the Pac-12. And that has to be the, you know, the only major disappointment for me is, being out here in Vegas and we have the Pac-12 tournament, we get a lot of coverage from the Pac-12. Uh, just the just the uh, poor regular season play. Now, when we got to the tournament, you saw Oregon, Arizona State, and Washington all win in covers, you know, their couple games. But, you know, it was a situation that people thought they wouldn't have been there. So the Pac-12 is the biggest appointment. Uh, the nicest surprise for me was – was the SEC, and, you know, uh, I like seeing teams like LSU who 
you know, for a few years have been down and coming off an 18-15 year in Will Wade's first year after going 10-21 and 21 under Johnny Jones, making that next step. So programs that haven't had success and that reach that next level, certainly uh, very refreshing for me. What do you have for everybody at wagertalk.com right now, Ralph? You know, it, it's now a slow time for me. I, I don't force plays on the Final Four in the championship game. I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, if you're going to go to wager talk on the Final Four, no need to buy my play. My top play of the Final Four is going to be the under in Michigan State, Texas Tech. I make that probably six or seven points less than it is. I think there's a lot of public money on, so Vegas has a little number inflated. I'll be starting a daily uh, baseball newsletter called The First Pitch. If you go to Wager Talk and then go to the Cappers page, the Cal Sports page, after the college basketball season's over next week, you'll start seeing not only the NBA stat sheet free up there daily, but also the first pitch newsletter. Ralph, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the heck out of this weekend and uh, enjoy the Major League Baseball season. We'll probably talk to you uh, a few times throughout MLB season. And my Mariners are 7-1, and one, Ralph. What's going on here? It's crazy. I don't know what's going on. It's like Yeah, opposite. and you got to – do you have a few pitchers down there in LSU land that be pitching back-to-back shutouts? Yeah, which is weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. We're in the twilight zone here. <laughs> Ralph, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Seth. All right, at Cal Sports LV. Be sure you follow Ralph Michaels on Twitter. We'll take a break when we come back. We'll go back to back here with Ralph, and now Carter Bryant will join the program next on the Last Lap. We gotta get Carter Bryant uh, his walk-up song. I'll ask him about that in a second. Here's a text from the five hundred four. Okay, Seth, let's hear your predictions on the final four. When are these next two games? Oh well, you'll hear them for sure. But not till tomorrow. You know this. Final show of the week's always prediction day for these big games on the weekend. So I will give you mine, both against the spread and straight up. But that's coming tomorrow, and you probably know who I have as a dog in this final four fight anyways carter bryant joins us now at carter the power on twitter host of the carter bryant show on 1071 fm 1400 am in south arkansas core stand-up comic and i was just saying here while you were talking to tim carter we need a, we need a walk-up song for carter bryant so what is carter the power's wa- preferred walk-up song and what's great is i actually just did a joke about this online and on stage to me my favorite song of all time is Gravity by John Mayer. But that's not the song that I want to come up to. It's a song that Tim and I loved back in college. It is Where's the Party At by Jagged Edge featuring Nelly. It is one of the best songs of all time. It is one of those that transcends races. And, dude, I'm telling you, like, that song is so so good and i love songs that transcends bands that really do need them it's kind of like uh the song swag surf well i fly really needs that song you know there's no i fly that they're irrelevant they don't get booked to do anything unless they have the song swag surf my friend uh okay cupid for the cupid shuffle if he doesn't make the cupid shuffle guess what he's made a whole career off that song he has other songs but that's a song it's the same thing for Jagged Edge. Like, you know, they have Let's Get Married and all this other stuff, but Where's the Party At is the best song. Uh, to me, when it comes to like that hip-hop kind of 
90s kind yeah. of player. That is my song. That is it. I might go like, I don't know, Hot in Here or something with Nelly's a great choice. Like, there's so many songs from Nelly that I could go here. Wait, wait, Tim, say, what did you just say in my ear? Did you say Mambo number five is Tim Zimmer's walk up song? This is, there we go. This is very on brand, Carter, for, uh, for Timmy, right? Mambo yes. number five. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk a little little hoops. I know you're a big Zion Williamson guy and a pay the college athletes guy, and a, these guys should not be playing in college guy because they got too much money to lose. You sad to see no Zion in the Final Four? No, I'm very thrilled. And, I, you know, I, I've gone back and forth on paying college athletes. I know that's a thing that the popular thing to do is just to sit on one side and say, this is a travesty or – just shut up and dribble. No, I've, I've, I go back and forth. And, yeah, you know, you, you like Zion. I like watching Zion, of course. But I also grew up a big Michigan State fan, and I'm really happy Michigan State was able to pull this off. And Tom Izzo, the greatest NCAA tournament coach, I believe, in the modern era, yes, better than Coach K, better than Roy Williams. I think he's the best. And you saw him completely outcoach everybody in the field. He was in a really tough bracket. You saw what he did against Tony Benford and, and LSU. Coach circles around him. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad that you don't get to see Zion. Obviously, a lot of the neutral, non-college basketball fans are sad to not see Zion Williamson. For people that care about the ratings and all that, CBS is sad that there's no Zion Williamson. But it's good to see a team like Michigan State make it to the Final Four because Tom Izzo's been doing it for so long. So how do you handicap this Final Four, man? You got your Sparties against the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, kind of the feel-good story right now of the tournament. And then you have old Bruce Pearl, who everybody loves, even though he's been in some hot water, against, I guess, is Virginia like the big bad? They're not a blue blood at all, but they're kind of like the, the big bad number one seed that's left. Yeah, and – the teams that I like make it into the finals are Auburn and Michigan State. And the reason why is because their point guard play has just been so good. Jared Harper for Auburn has just been phenomenal with the basketball, as has uh, Cassius Winston of Michigan State. And I think that that's the difference. You know, whenever you slow it down, college basketball, when it comes to NCAA tournament play, it comes down to having an experienced point guard to win your games and also can you hit your free throws down the stretch? Auburn against Kentucky, both of their star guards, Brown and Harper, were 15 of 16 from the free throw line. And that was the difference. You know, in the overtime, Harper hit his free throws. P.J. Washington missed the front end of a one-on-one. So, you know, I think that's a big deal. And I think Michigan State, as far as Cassius Winston is concerned, um, I think he's going to be the difference. I think what Chris Beard has done is great. Uh, I just think Tom is on his tournament experience and, Overall, Michigan State, who I think has been the best team in college basketball for this past month, I think they'll win this thing. I really do. Yeah, imagine if they had Langford. It'd be just ridiculously right. scary for everybody. It's Carter Bryant joining us at Carter the Power on Twitter. Um, how happy were you and your LSU fanhood when Coach Cal in Kentucky were, was eliminated by another SEC school? Well, let's be honest, Hardwood. It's Kentucky everybody likes to hate. I was actually pretty sad because of my bracket pool. Uh, if Kentucky had won that game, I, I would have won my bracket pool. So I was pretty sad about that, actually. But still, nevertheless, and that just shows you how many brackets around the country missed all these Final Four teams. I mean, no one picked Auburn. No one really picked Texas Tech. 
Duke was the most popular pick to go to the Final Four. So, you know, that game, that Kentucky game was so big to so many different bracket polls. So, yeah, I was sad about that. Personally, I can care less about Kentucky. I can care less about Coach Calipari. But this is the most fascinating thing, is that whenever you take away bias and you take away whether or not you like someone, if you actually break down the numbers, Coach Cal, since he's been in Kentucky, has actually been a better tournament coach than Coach K. And this is going to sound nuts, and this stat is really going to shock a lot of people. If I were to tell you Seth Frederick Dunlap III of Nottingham, how many Final Fours has Coach K been in the last 15 years? How many Final Fours would you guess? In fi- he said 15 years? The That's... past 15 years. Uh, how many? How many? Off the top of my head, it's four? Is that right, or is it five? It's two. Oh, really? Two. Wow. Wow. Now he now he's won both of those final fours. Um, but it's only been two. Wow. And since Coach Cal has been in Kentucky, he's been to four. Now Coach Cal has only finished a deal in one of those, but uh Coach K's been to four Elite Eights since Coach Cal has been at Kentucky, and he obviously went to two Final Fours and he won both of those. Uh, the John Shire team, and then the uh, Julia Okafor team. And then uh, Coach Calipari has been to all these Final Fours, and he's been to all these Elite Eights. And he's actually had more tournament-by-tournament success than Coach K. So if I if you're a Kentucky fan, obviously you're paying this guy $9 million a year, and, and you expect to have more than one national championship at this point. But the NCAA tournament's also a crapshoot, and you need good fortune. And He's got you to the Elite Eight seven out of the ten years he's been there. So, you know, that's not necessarily a a shot at Coach K. It does open your eyes a little bit towards Coach K. But if you were to go up to people over the past decade and say, who's been a bigger tournament failure, Coach Cal or Coach K, everybody, including the media now, would definitely say Coach Cal. But the numbers and the success actually doesn't come out to that. So, uh, Coach K is actually kind of underachieved. Do you expect Duke? I mean, I think if you went around on the street, someone like you that actually knows a lot about basketball, most of them would say six to seven in the past 15 years. But in actuality, it's only been two. Yeah, and uh, nobody's going to believe me because it was live radio. But I would, I would walk if this was taped. I'd walk it back because uh, I thought you, you thought you were asking me how many has Coach Cal made. But uh, I'll look like the uh, oh oh yeah. Oh. How many? Uh, do you know that? What is it? Is it? Is it four? Is it four or five? Do you know off the top yeah, of your head? So, so Coach Cal has been to four Final Fours since okay, he's been right. at Kentucky, and 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 since Coach Cal has been at Kentucky, Duke has only been to two, um, and that's that's since 2011. But it's actually been since 2005 up to this point. Coach K, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, has only been to two Final Fours, two. So that a shows you that. The NCAA tournament is totally random. And B, we do tend to judge coaches we don't like, which in this case is Coach Cal, uh, far more harshly than we judge someone like Coach K 
who's a coach that most people actually do like. Oh, it's, it's great stuff. And, yeah, it's like all the Gonzaga haters out there right now saying, well, they've only been to one Final Four in the last, you know, five years. And everybody, you know, little Duke's been to, I guess, two in 15. So there you go. Yeah. That's Carter to Bryant. Uh, Carter, Carter Dub Bryant. Carter Bryant. By the way, I love the moniker you gave me there, a little Game of Thrones. What was it, Seth Frederick Douglass III of uh, House Nottingham or something like that? I like that. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if Nottingham's a thing on uh, Game of Thrones. I just made up something. Yeah, it's yeah. not, but I'll, I'll roll with it. We'll go House Dunlap or House Nottingham all the time. Yeah, a, a couple of LSU notes I want to ask you about here. Um, any yeah. surprise or, or angst with what happened with the basketball program today? Nas Reed declaring for the draft. Tony Benford reportedly set to take the uh, te- assistant job at Texas A&M, although he says, well, not so fast, not yet anyways. Yeah, it's a sad day. I mean, there's no telling what's going to happen with Will Wade. That's obviously the big domino. Nasri, that was expected. Tony Benford leaving uh, wasn't necessarily expected, but I think he could see the writing on the wall that things don't look too bright, and working for Buzz Williams seems like a pretty fun thing to do. And obviously, Tony Benford, obviously he was outcoached by Tom Izzo, but come on, everyone expected that to happen. Um, you know, we're in this position, Seth, where we don't really know what's going to happen with LSU basketball, and that's kind of a scary thing. And you know, th- this is crazy because, you know, I, I do think LSU lost to the eventual national champion and they lost pretty badly. Um, but I want people to remember this LSU team. You know, they were fun. They were exciting. Uh, the, in the month of January, they played a bunch of SEC games, uh, uh, seven of them to be exact. All seven of, of those games were decided by six or more points. Every other SEC game the rest of the way were decided by five or less outside of a blowout against Vanderbilt. So this has been a fun team with all these crazy finishes and big personalities, but it's ending. And this one year of LSU basketball looks like it's going to be the only year of success because next year you got to replace so much, including what Naz Reed brought you. And who knows who the coach is going to be next year, if it's Will Wade or somewhere else, uh, somebody else. And here's the thing. All these SEC programs are already on their coaching searches, so and, and there's a lot of vacancies. So if LSU does get w- rid of Will Wade, they're going to be behind the eight ball and replacing him. Yeah, no doubt. And the recruiting class, even with Will Wade, is already – well, it's not good. Even if he stays, you only have one three-star recruit or better even signed on this team. That was a storyline before everything broke. A uh, final one here. Uh, Glenn Gilbo, I don't even know him. I had him on the show yesterday. And I thought he yeah. phrased – he had a, a – a comment about spring football I thought was spot on. He says it's the most boring sport in the world, football, anytime between, anytime between March March and May, I think, or something to that effect. March and May, most boring sport in the world is football between March and May. So are you, are you getting excited about this LSU spring game? No, it's spring football is the worst because people actually take stock in what's happening. And literally, there's not any stock you can take from this. Like, you can't really get a good look. The, the only thing that is really game-like in spring football is the timing between receivers and quarterbacks. And even that's different because quarterbacks have no fear of getting hit. Um, this is something that I've been talking about for a long time. I've, I've brought this up for years. We need seven-on-seven. Seven. We need all-season seven-on-seven. Um, it'll provide us with better off-season content. The players and coaches would like it. I think everyone has come around to seven-on-seven football. Um, if you don't know what it is, give it the times because it's 
something that every high school across the country does. And the fact that we don't have any off-season scrimmage, think about this, all levels of football, Seth, there are preseason games. There are opportunities for you to go up against different opposition that's not your own, except Division One college football. And whenever you're going up against the same people over and over again, you don't improve. In fact, you can digress. And I, I think there needs to be radical change when it comes to that. Just a few seven-on-seven games and tournaments would, would definitely fix this problem. And, yeah, a lot of people are excited to see uh, the, the new wide receivers and, and Joe Burrow in his second year. That Everyone's excited to see that. But as of right now, spring football means absolutely nothing, and players are just getting worse. Well, Sir Carter of House Bryant, glad to uh, break bread with you again. We'll do it again next week. Thanks so much, bud. Yeah, man. Anytime. Enjoy your vacation, man. All right. Yes. Yes. I did enjoy it other than the Gonzaga loss anyways. At Carter the Power on Twitter. Be sure you follow him there. Great follow. We're back with a couple of your texts at 87870 here on The Last Lap. Two hours down, one to go here on the last lap. Got a couple of texts we'll get to. I don't want to rush them. So only 15 seconds here before news, but we're back next hour. We'll break down the final four. We'll also talk more AAF closure and correcting reports yesterday. They're getting contradicted today about the demise of that league. We'll have that as the last lap continues here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.